got blood, we've got destroyers, so you know what that means. Welcome to another exciting episode of Blood and Destroyers, an all-elite wrestling podcast brought to you by RPGera.com. I, of course, am your host, Brian, and joining me on the show today, you can catch him every now and then, potentially this week, as a co-host of the Max Level Podcast. It is Sev. Afternoon, Brian. Afternoon, uh, Blood and Destroyers Galaxy. We are a day late and a buck short, so we're still technically, it's Halloween for us, isn't it? We're recording on Halloween night, yes. We are recording on Halloween night. Uh-huh. So I have got you one last Halloween stable, and that is the entirety of the House of Black, Malachi Black, Buddy Matthews, Brody King, Julia Hart. Then we're adding in Dean Malenko and Sue Young and her undead bridesmaids. And the stable's called Ice for a Thousand Corpses. Okay. I like that, dude. Got Dean Malenko in there for the man of a thousand holds. I like that. Yeah. That's that's a that's a clever one. That's really Thank good. You, Thank you very much. I like that one. Yeah. Very nice. Very nice. We'll start with <laughs> a festive one soon, don't I? Yeah. I like it. Okay. House of a Thousand Corpses. Coming soon. Maybe. Probably not. Sue Young still doing anything? Uh, I haven't seen her for a while, to be fair. I don't know. I don't think she's putting her own impact. Yeah. Hmm. She had a cool character. All right. I like it. Yeah, Special shout out good. to Occam's Laser for the excellent intro theme to the podcast. Go check them out wherever you can find music and people, including YouTube, Spotify, SoundCloud, Bandcamp, Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. You won't be disappointed. Please take a moment and do us a favor to be so kind. Head on over to Apple Podcasts or whichever app you've chosen to listen to us on and drop us a quick rating and a review. It really does help us out in terms of visibility so that this show continues to grow. And remember, we are on Patreon now as well. Patreon.com forward slash RPG era. Check out our tiers, see what we're doing, and if you feel inclined, toss us a couple bucks each month. If not, continue to listen to the episodes as they upload each week works on as well. And of course, special shout out to current executive producers, Jexx and Zenku. Sev, I, I don't have a ton that I want to talk about at the beginning, but I want to talk about one specific thing. Because we're not going to mention it when we go through our rundown. I want to talk about that video vignette that AEW aired during Dynamite for the Elite. I will note what do you that make this is that? called, if, if you go onto YouTube, it's called a what if question mark. Um, so yeah, I don't I don't think this means the Elite are going. I think if, if anything, it means they're coming back with a different sort of gimmick. Uh, essentially, they'll still be the Elite and Kenny. They're just probably going to be more pissed off and more more like bad heels rather than douchey heels. So you don't think it's, you, you don't shoulder. think, you you don't think we're getting all punk wrestling or something like that? APW? They're not going to change the name? No. No. <laughs> I think it's just a, it's just a lead us on, isn't it? I don't know. APW. It's got a ring to it. It's got a ring to it. I, w- I, I thought it was kind of funny because it was like, you know, they faded out the E. They faded out all the elite. Like, they were basically deleting the elite, which was the whole storyline behind, like, the, the broken hardies when they were going up against the elite for a while there. Um... I do also think I'm, I'm sort of in agreement with you that I I have a feeling we're going to see them really, really soon. I don't think they will miss the pay-per-view at this point. Supposedly that investigation is over. I don't know what the outcome is, but uh, supposedly it is done. It is over. I imagine we see everybody back outside of a steel. I have a feeling we see punk again, too. I really do. Um, but I have a feeling we'll see the elite first. I wouldn't be. I think they were backstage okay. at Dynamite, if I'm not mistaken. I did see a report somewhere that um, they were basically back into the swing of things, potentially even backstage. I would not be shocked if we didn't see them. When is Full Gear? So Full Gear is the 19th, right? So we have two, di- well, technically three Dynamites left. The 2nd, the 9th, and the 16th. We might get another video package this week, and then they return next week or something like that. I don't think it, I don't think we're that far off at this point. 
No, realistically, if they're if they're ready to come back, we want them for the pay per view, don't we? So it's going to be another another like two week build for them to get some kind of match for the pay per view. Yeah, I don't so know where they would fit in at this point. Um, I, I I can't imagine they would just get put right back into like a trios titles match or you know what I mean because that, that wouldn't make a ton of sense. Though I guess it could because they never technically lost. So that might be where they'd go, but I'm not 100% sure. But I do know that they likely will be involved in some fashion with full gear. It just makes the most sense. We don't even know. Man, so we are literally two and a half weeks away. And I think the only match we know is MJF and Mox, right? And the Eliminator Finals, I guess. Yeah, um, the, what is it, the title Eliminator World... Yeah, that's what I'm world saying, the fucking, fucking the tournament. The winner yeah, is coming. The tournament for the I winner. I this one's called. Yeah, just, you know, it's it's been a few weeks without a tournament, so Tony Khan was like, man, we need a tournament. We need to do something. Last tournament was the trios titles, right? Yeah, before that was the Owen Hart tournament. And well, the All-Atlantic title said tournament, been too. Like, oh, yeah, yeah. I think someone said there's been like 14 tournaments in AEW so far. Is, we uh, need more. Quite a stack for but yeah see we need more yeah more tournaments dude it's all about those tournament tournaments make or break your bracket tournament. Well, remember i had an idea where they would have multiple tournaments with the winners of each tournament going into another tournament to decide like an ultimate winner they could still do that too okay yeah yeah each side of the bracket has eight guys on it usually right i think typically well yeah, there's eight, because then it goes down to four, then two. So, like, if you have 16 total guys, that means each one of those guys or girls that w- is in that final tournament has to have won their own separate tournament. So that would be right there, another 16 tournaments. And then the ultimate tournament would be another 17. <laughs> On top of the 14 that we've already had, get you 31 right there. Yikes. That's that's a lot of tournaments. A lot of tournaments, That's a lot baby. of brackets. A lot of brackets. <laughs> You know what makes Daddy Magic's nipples hard? A tournament. Brackets. <laughs> A tournament. <laughs> Anything else you saw over the week that you wanted to touch on here before we move into the usual? Yeah, so I just got a quick quick little thing that I saw earlier. Um, it was apparently the AEW was sending surveys out um, for... Because they've got apparently they've got like a new show in the works, the backstage show. They've been Ooh, asking I did people see something what they that. think yeah. of um, a couple of a couple of names. So I've got all the names here, and I'm just going to run through them all quickly, and then you can tell me whether you like any of them or none of them. So uh, the names suggested in the survey are AEW Friends and Enemies, AEW Fight to the Finish, AEW To the Mat, AEW To the Top, AEW Road to the Belt, AEW Breakout, AEW Grit and Glory, AEW All Access, AEW The Climb, AEW On the Ropes, and AEW Uprise. Boy, a lot of those are bad. Yeah, yeah. Especially stuff like... To the top, the climb on the ropes. I don't. I don't like any of those ones. No, I mean, I think the most logical there for a backstage type of show. I, I, I did see it was. It was probably not like talking smack or raw. T- it wouldn't be something like that. I would assume. I would assume it would be more scripted, more structured. Um, I think AEW All Access makes the most sense. Yeah, I mean that's that's the simplest one, and that one kind of gives you a gist of what what the show is going for, doesn't it? Whereas I think some of the others are a bit are a bit dull. I'd personally like maybe lighting the fuse, but I don't think that kind of gets the message across of what it is. Although, granted, the first lyrics in Dynamite is light the fuse, right? Something like that, isn't yeah, it? Yeah. Light the fuse, something, it something. Is. Dynamite, boom, boom, boom. Like the boom, dynamite. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> But I think that's got to be a good sign too, right? That there's another program in the work, that should have been plural, in the works 
for AEW at Warner Media. So I, I assume their relationship is still going pretty strong. So that's a positive. Yeah, I'm taking it as a positive. They uh, Warner want more content from AEW. So yeah. I wonder what night it would be on. Because we got, you know, the YouTube shows technically probably don't count. So it could be on a Monday or a Tuesday. wonder if it would just be like on a Wednesday right after Dynamite or on a Friday right after. Well, it can't be. I wonder if it would be before Rampage on a Friday night. Like use it as a lead in or use Dynamite or Rampage as a lead in to that to try to get more eyes on it maybe maybe like 10 o'clock on a Wednesday night or something right AEW all access yeah I could see it working yeah I definitely think they could probably do it as like a impact to before the belt or the impact or something that's just before impact goes live yeah so yeah maybe yeah why not something have it on like Wednesday that. something like that yeah I think it's supposed to debut next year right I've not got a clue when it's coming I think that's supposed to be the case I think I saw next year so um all right well Shall we run down the cards for Elevation and Dark last week before we get into Dynamite and Rampage? Yeah, let's do it. All right, we'll kick things off with Elevation from October 24th from the Heritage Bank Center in Cincinnati, Ohio. We had two, four, six, seven matches total. The first match was 47 seconds. That's pretty crazy. 10 defeated Baron Black in 47 seconds. Eddie Kingston and Ortiz defeated Russ Myers and T-Money. Serena Deeb defeated Haley J. The Blondes, they're no longer called the Varsity Blondes. Interesting. They're just called the Blondes. Brian Pillman Jr. and Griff Garrison, they lost their Varsity jackets. They defeated the Workhorsemen, Anthony Henry and J.D. Drake. Emi Sakura and Mai Saruga defeated Jay Lee and Nikki Victory. Matt Hardy defeated Lord Crew. And in the main event, Claudio Castagnoli defeated Q.T. Marshall. Oh. Do you know what that means? Hit that buzzer. Hit that sign. We need the QTE. And did he do it? Nope. He did not. Nine minutes no. and 45 seconds. Wow. Almost double. Almost double the five minute cutoff. Claudio struggled against QT Marshall. Only half as good as Hook. Only half as good as Hook. He struggled against QT Marshall. Almost 10 minutes. I don't know if he actually struggled. I didn't watch Elevation or Dark last week, so I don't know if he actually struggled. But uh, lengthier match than I would anticipate. Yeah, yeah. I thought we were going to have like five and a half minutes. I, I thought it would be pretty close. I didn't expect nine minutes at all. Yeah, not even close. So... That was Elevation. Um, like I said, I didn't watch it. Looks like Matt Menard was still on comment. It might have just been uh, Ian Riccoboni and Matt Menard again. I don't see Paul White listed here. So I do see Ethan Page, Jose the Assistant, Stokely Hathaway, and William Regal. So they may have like joined the table for specific matches. But um, yeah, I don't know. I didn't watch this one, so I don't have much to say. And then moving on to Dark, I also did not watch this one either. But it looks like we have some matches that were filmed either outside of AEW or just on different dates. So this was filmed from the Coca-Cola Coliseum in Toronto, Ontario, Canada, aired on October 25th, last Tuesday. We had two, four, six, eight, nine matches, but two of them were filmed on the 21st of October. So I don't know where those were filmed at. Let's run down this one. Lance Archer defeated Isaiah Bronson. Zach Clayton defeated Shane Saber. Athena defeated Alexia Nicole. Danhausen defeated James Stone. Aaron Solo defeated Serpentico. Riho defeated Jungle Kiona. This was one of the matches that was taped on October 21st. The Lucha Bros 
defeated the Workhorsemen on another match that was taped on the 21st of October. Emi Sakura and Serena Deeb defeated Casey Spinelli and Taylor Rising. And in the main event, Ricky Starks defeated Nick Camarado. Who defeated Nick Camarado? Ricky Starks. Oh, Ricky Starks. Okay, fair. Yeah, Ricky Starks. I said Sparks for a second, then I didn't. No, absolute Ricky yeah, Starks. Yeah. Oh, the absolute. Mm-hmm. Dun, dun, dun. This actually doesn't look like a well, bad dark. To be all, and you know, to be completely yeah. fair, this doesn't look like a bad dark. Lengthy matches. I might have to check this one out. A couple things that I'd be curious to see how they did. Lance Archer drug his opponent down to the ring again. That's kind of fun. I like when he does that. Right. Yeah. Classic, classic Archer. Classic Archer. Vintage Archer, as Michael Cole would say, right? Definitely, Vin- definitely. Vintage yeah, Orton. <laughs> Uh, I'm probably not going to check this one out. I am going to check out who got Elevation tonight. I'm hoping they're all wearing fancy dress costumes. If they're not, I will switch it off. You know, I was thinking about doing the same. Um, I actually think it's, isn't it debuting like premiere? Because we're recording this. It's seven o'clock my time. Yeah, it's premiering, I think, right now. Um, Yep, it certainly is. Let's see. Well, Madison Rain is walking out and she is not in costume. So I hear Matt Menard on commentary. I hear Paul White on commentary. So no costumes, though. That's unfortunate. Should have been. Oh, I hear Tony Schiavone on commentary. Interesting. Okay. Oh, wow. Three-man table this week. Tony Schiavone, Matt Menard, and Paul White. All right. Well. Not bad, not bad. I'm pretty sure on this uh, on this elevation, are we getting QT Marshall versus Dan Heisen? Well, that I might be so. on dark tomorrow. I have no idea. To be fair, so we'll look forward to that QTE. Yeah, we got another. We got another QTE next week. Then we'll have to uh, see if Dan Housen can beat his former partner Hook, or if he loses more realistically. Should, yeah, should. QTE Marshall will probably uh, <laughs> overcome the QTE. Dan Housen always loses, right? <laughs> well, uh, at least uh, usually, usually he does. Um. All right. Well, shall we move into Dynamite? Yeah. All that's right. Fine. Light the fuse. Bring the boom. Dynamite. I still don't know the lyrics. I don't know. Anyway, <laughs> you and I ranked six things. I'll take the lows. You take the highs. Um. We'll switch it up as we did last week. So I will start off with my number six, and it happens to be the opening match. Chris Jericho and Daniel Garcia taking on Claudio Castagnoli and Wheeler, Utah. Yeah, it's number six for me. Oh, is it really? Okay. Yeah. So yeah, you and I yeah. are definitely in agreement there. It was a very lengthy match. Um, I, I think it lasted probably longer than it needed to like the entire first 20 25 minutes or so of dynamite was dedicated to what was going on between the blackpool combat club and the jericho appreciation society including the um you know aftermatch stuff that we'll talk about here in just a few minutes so match itself i mean it was all right but i'm getting a little bored I think with the back and forth between the JAS and the the BCC, they're just kind of mixing up who's in a match and setting them loose. This one made a little bit more sense because you had Jericho who defeated Claudio for the ROH world title and Garcia who defeated Utah for the pure title. So this match had sort of like some grudge match components going behind the scenes. But um, either way... I still don't think this was a spectacular showcase for any of the guys involved. Unfortunately, um, it was it was not a good way to open the show. I don't think. No, for me, it was a very it was very paint by numbers kind of match. Um, we had the standard Blackpool Combat stuff. We had the standard JAS um, with some outside distractions and stuff. And Claudio did do some cool like strongman antics. Yeah, he did the. Uh... Didn't he do like the triple the or not the triple, the, the double? Thing. Yeah, yeah, where he had one of them on the the swing and the other on his shoulders, right? I think Garcia was on his shoulders. Yeah. 
I think you're probably right there. Um, but yeah, that was that was about it. There was a little spot at the end where Claudio went on a tear and he like bopped everyone outside the ring. He did a double stomp, I think, to Bernard or Angelo. Yeah, and then got back in the ring. And yeah, it's just this isn't feeling fresh or exciting anymore. Like there's stuff between the JAS and BCC. It just needs to be needs to be done with. Well, I feel like you know with Daniel Garcia now back in full swing with the Jericho Appreciation Society, the feud between the two factions definitely lost some of its appeal because a lot of it was, if is Garcia going to actually join the Blackpool Combat Club? And clearly he's not. I do still think that there's something going on there with Garcia and Jericho to where these two might actually wrestle at some point down the line. But now things have kind of shifted to what's happening between Brian Danielson and Wheeler, Utah. And it almost feels like they're setting up that to be like the main focus, maybe even... Man, do you think they do that at, like, full gear? Do they really do Danielson and Utah at full gear at the pay-per-view? I guess they might. Yeah, I don't think they've set anything else up for Danielson yet, have they? And he kind of, he's got to have something. He's a big he's a big star to put on the card, isn't he, really? Yeah, and they did that after the match thing, right? So, you know, Claudio gets the pinfall on uh, Jericho, right? I think he actually pinned Jericho because he even said, you know, I just pinned the ROH world champion uh, in that backstage segment when he, he was did, like yeah. breaking up Wheeler Utah and, and Danielson, but Renee was interviewing them and it basically teasing some dissension, I guess, right? Um, it's been going on now for a few weeks between mm-hmm. Brian and Wheeler, so... I, I didn't anticipate that being a pay-per-view match, but I think we're getting close enough now that it just might be a pay-per-view match. Not that that'd be a bad thing. Yeah. They've wrestled before that really bloody match, right? Like where Wheeler was bleeding all over the damn place. Like they've had some good fights in the past, so it could be entertaining. Yeah. I think, yeah, it, it would be a good match. It just doesn't feel like a match that needs to be on a pay-per-view. Unfortunately, I could agree with that. After the, uh, oh, fair, fair. Uh, what was it? A little bit. I think we got after this match, we got a promo from someone else, and then we got a promo from the JAS, and this thing was cursed from beginning to end. Oh, there was a lot of audio issues. Yeah, yeah, there was even the, you could even see the boomstick in the, the bottom corner of the screen. Um, and yeah, Shivani just couldn't get, I don't know, couldn't get the mic to sort of pick up anybody. It was really bad to the point where they like, you see, they basically redid the promo on Rampage. They like recorded it later on and paired it on Rampage. Yeah, it was not good. Yeah, there were a lot of audio and technical issues at the beginning of, uh, of, of Dynamite that I think I even put a comment on that in Discord, didn't I? I think I said something about the audio issues from, let's see here. I remember saying something about it. Got to scroll through all the talk that we did about uh, with Kyle. <laughs> yeah, a lot of issues during the JAS segment. Yeah, a lot of audio issues. Yep, that's all I said. I thought I said more, but I guess not. Um, uh, all right. Well, we agreed on number six. Will we agree on number one? Hit me with it. Uh, number one for me going to be the main event, which is John Moxley versus Penta El Zero Miero. That's a little surprising for me that you have that at number one. I have it at number three. I'm not sure what you got at number one. But yeah, I thought I thought this was actually a pretty good match. Um, we got some big choppy choppies at the beginning, and then uh, Moxley went for a King Kong lariat and Penta ducked it, and then and Mox turned around, he whacked his fingers, and the commentary were like, oh, he's avoiding that King Kong lariat, um, <laughs> which, is, which is really funny, to be fair. Um, yeah, uh, there was a particular bit that really made me chuckle, and it probably shouldn't have made me chuckle. I think Penta did like a dive to the outside, and then he stood up and he hot dog for a bit, and he turned around. And he did like a, a high a round kick for Mox, which usually hits him in the thigh, but it didn't. He kicked Mox in the ass, and then 
and Mox grabbed his ass cheek and started stumbling away, which I thought was really funny. <laughs> he kicked him in the butt. <laughs> that set me off. That did. Um, yeah, but I, I like the I like the pace of this match. Um, I like the like Penta was getting out of Mox's like uh, they, they started calling it like the combat boot. Both arms up and he stomps on them like a pentagon. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, he managed to do his uh, his arm breaker thing, which I really like. Um, and then he set up for a spot where there was like Penta Penta was stood on the apron and Mox was stood on like the steel stairs and the stairs had been moved away and Penta charged at him. I thought for a split second they were going to try and pull a fucking destroyer off down the stairs. Um, so I, I sort of like I elevated in my seat and I didn't happen. Um, but yeah that would have been you were bracing for it absolutely reckless yeah just to throw my phone down and be like reckless absolutely reckless um yeah, I, I thought this was actually pretty good. This makes me excited for when we get, um, when MJF takes the title and we eventually get Mox and the likes of like Jericho and stuff out of the title picture and we get fresher faces right. in that title picture, if you get me. New feuds, yeah, exactly. Yeah, rather than the same, the same stuff. But yeah, um, during the beginning of the match, there was a part where Excalibur mentioned about, oh, is Mox going to go for the Death Rider or is he going to go for the Paradigm Shift? So that made me realize that they're two different moves now have you, have you picked up on this but what's the difference i've got the difference down here because i worked out so the um the death rider is a double underhook D, uh, double underhook float over ddt whereas the paradigm no sorry the paradigm shift is a you double underhook know. float over DDT. i do i've got it written down i'm just trying to stumbling <laughs> it out but yeah basically one, one of them's a double underhook float over ddt and the other one's a double underhook brain buster so it's all just about the angle really just how high he lifts him before he goes down. Yeah, I didn't pick up on, I mean, I guess I should have, that they are two tech, because, I mean, there's, you know, two different names, so you would think two different moves, but they look so fucking similar. They do, they do. Um, I thought the match was actually really entertaining. I thought it was a good main event. I was glad to see Penta get a chance to shine in singles action, because every time he does, he's always so over. He's always just incredible to watch inside the ring, so I always do have a fun time. I liked his... um. Uh, like walkout gear, right? When he he'd had that, like, what he he was wearing, uh, like a hood or something. I thought that was kind of dope. Um, I want to say he looks kind of like samurai esque, doesn't it? Yeah, a little samurai ish. Yeah, it was definitely dope looking. Um, I I got a kick out of that. I thought they obviously have great chemistry. They work really well together. Um, and I do think that it should only be a matter of time. Like obviously, I know Penta, Phoenix, Pac. They're still the trios champs. But once they're not, once they do drop those titles, Penta. I mean, he's a main event dude. He should be given a chance to run for the title at some point. Yeah, he was he was an Impact champion. He was also featured heavily on Lucha Underground, wasn't he? Like, there's a, there's a reason why uh, he's been given so much airtime because he is really good. But um, after the match ended, and I'm going to include I included this part into into my rankings after after the match that the firm came down and they uh, they attacked Mox, and then MJF came out and he kind of he paced back and forth on the ramp, not 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 knowing whether he should interfere or not because they'd had an altercation earlier on. Yeah, based on something we'll rank a little later, yeah. Yeah, yeah. But, um, yeah, essentially, MJF does come down eventually. And uh, I don't know if you noticed that, like, when they were, when the firm were beating up Mox, Mox sort of, like, made a little bit of a comeback. Ethan Page was the one to, like, knock him out. Yes. And then also when MJF came in the ring, it was Ethan Page who gave him the big boot and knocked him out. And then they let Ethan Page do the ego's edge to. Uh, well, they even yeah, they MJF. had Morrissey feed MJF to uh, 
Ethan Page, right? Instead of Morrissey like doing a choke mm-hmm. slam or whatever, he kind of like threw him in between Ethan Page's legs to do the Eco's Edge. Yeah, yeah. And fair play to Ethan. He managed to get uh, MJF up and he managed to get him some air as well. He did. And then was it Morrissey? Uh, they dragged they dragged MJF and then they eventually put him through the Timekeeper stable. So nice. Not not a bad way to end the dynamite. I do like yeah, that. Uh, it was exciting, right? More, yeah, yeah. We're giving more and more focal points to uh, Ethan Page now, which I'm happy with. Also gets Lee Moriarty some airtime the ass boys some airtime it's not a bad deal yeah i thought it was oh, a good wow. way to close it was a better way to end the show than we had at the opening so our uh your number one and my number six and i guess technically your number six as well we bookmarked the uh or book ended i should say the show and now we have everything left in the middle <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> all right well um, I'll jump to my number five then, which is in line with my number six. Number five for me was Brian Danielson taking on Sammy Guevara. Okay, so I have this at number three. Okay, okay, okay. Um, definitely a better match than I think the tag match was to start the show. Now, this followed up basically... You know, because uh, when Danielson did his interview or with Renee backstage, like I thought they were going to go right into Danielson and Guevara next. But there was another match and then a segment with MJF that was like in between everything. So I thought because he was like walking off like he was getting ready to walk out to the ring. Right. Like I thought that was kind of weird. But um, no, this was basically like the the halfway point of the show, if I'm remembering correctly. Um, you and I both said, hopefully Danielson will win this one. He actually did. And I think he needed to win this one. This was, it was an okay match. But I think a lot of the sourness that I'm starting to feel on this whole uh, BCC and JAS feud just kind of made it miss the mark for me a little bit. Um, Some good spots still in the match. I think the uh, springboard moonsault that Guevara did was was really well done. Um, Yeah, I I liked the uh, reverse Rana into the Bisaiki knee. I thought that was actually pretty cool. Mm -hmm. And then... Trying to think what because I didn't take notes, so I'm just going off memory here. It was okay, it was an all right match. Yeah, yeah, uh, I think we did get uh, like two Spanish flies one in the ring and then one from the top, which is quite nice. Um, but yeah, I, I did appreciate like the much quicker pace of this match compared to what we got in the open. But like, you put both of these two people in the ring and we kind of got what we expected, yeah, that's kind of what I walked away with. I mean, Danielson's always typically pretty great. Guevara, I mean, I know you don't agree with his style sometimes, but he's really entertaining to watch just when he's not being a freaking asshole. So um, <laughs> it, it's a recipe for success. It really is. It was okay. It just didn't like the fuse. Yeah, it didn't like the fuse. It was just okay. And then, like, nothing even happened after this match, did it? I don't think I so. I don't believe so, no. I haven't got anything in my notes to say anything happened, so. Yeah, nothing really happened. I can't remember anything specific. I think there was a backstage segment with, like... Um, Ray Phoenix, Luchasaurus, Orange Cassidy setting up the match, like a triple threat match between them. But that was basically it. I think that match that is like on, yeah, that match is actually on Dynamite this week. Mm-hmm. So we'll cover, we'll cover that when we get to it. Ready for my number two? Yeah, hit me with it. So my number two is actually going to be the MJF promo. Okay. I have that at number one. Oh, you did? I did. Uh, you number one MJF promo two weeks in a row then. 
I did. I thought it was the most entertaining thing on Dynamite again this week. Uh, I definitely thought um, MJF's impression of Moxley was spot on. Dude, it was um, great. It was hilarious to see him like it was amazing. On the, edge of <laughs> the fact that so big reason that I put this at number one is the impression of Mox and the dynamic of letting Renee conduct the interview with MJF, right? Renee being married to Moxley. I thought was a brilliant move. MJF seemingly embracing the gray area face, right? Gray area good guy, I guess, that we could, you know, basically addressing his devil worshippers and asking where they're all at. I, I'm I'm really getting behind this whole gimmick that he's going with here. Um when he said something and she's like, Max, you can't just say with all due respect and then say something insulting. And he's like, Renee, with all due respect, shut your mouth. And the fucking place just exploded. (laughs) (laughs) I thought this was super entertaining, man. Super entertaining promo. Definitely building up that match between he and Mox really well without them really needing to be face to face because he's technically face to face with Mox's wife. So I like that dynamic. And then eventually, um, you know, Renee would walk away and we got the firm to come out. Or was it just Stokely? I think it was just Stokely that came out. And he basically told him, you know, don't touch, don't even look at Moxley. You know, I'm going to do this without your help. I'm going to do this on my own, which then obviously led to them turning on MJF later in the night. Yeah, yeah. I think think MJF kind of like, he threatened Stokely, didn't he? He was like, don't touch him or I'll buy you or something like that. Yeah. Um, Yeah, he pissed Stokely off. Yeah, this was a nice little entertaining segment. Yeah, I I thought so too, man. I really thought so too. I thought, again, MJF usually is one of the more entertaining things on, on Dynamite each week, but the last two weeks have been just absolute fire for me. He's on a roll right now. If he doesn't win in November, I'll be pissed. Yeah, definitely. He definitely, I like the, uh, he got he got the crowd at the end, didn't he? Like, as I stoked, he walked away and he turned around and his mic, and he was like, oh yeah, my uh, my super over catchphrase coming in three, two, one. And then he said it and the whole crowd said it back at the same time. And he's time. letting the crowd finish good. it now too. Like yeah, I said, he's yeah. definitely embracing this gray area good guy. I, I kind of dig it. It was solid. So what's next then, Brian? I've got my four and five left. I've got my two and four left. So we go to my number four, since I take the lows for Dynamite. And number four for me was Jamie Hayter taking on Riho. Number four for me as well, yeah. Okay, we lined up on that one. I wanted to rank this higher because I am such a big fan of, of Jamie Hayter's. Um, the match was all right, like... It was, I think, better than I thought it was going to be with Riho just coming back after, you know, being gone for a little while. Um, you know, she just made her return, what, a week and a week ago or so on Dynamite, running out to to make the save. Um, but it did have some moments that I think were either mistimed or just maybe not quite both girls being in sync with each other. Um it was okay. It was an all right match. I'm very glad that Riho did not win because that was my fear. If you remember last week when we talked about it was her coming back and palling up with Tony Storm. We assumed that, oh, you know, she's just the next Tony Storm, you know, friend in the storyline purposes that'll be getting a title shot. I think this hopefully solidifies how over Jamie Hayter is getting with the crowd. You know, they were mostly cheering for Jamie over Rio. I mean, there were some people that were behind Rio, but a good majority of the crowd was still behind Jamie Hayter. And I, I feel like it's just, 
it would be insane to pass up on that momentum for the upcoming pay-per-view. Like she's got to be the one getting the women's title shot at this point. Yeah, to be fair, I think it'd, I think it'd be quite insane to pass up not putting the belt on Hater at this point. She needs to win. I, I absolutely agree. Like if you're gonna build her up as a star, then like putting the belt on her now while she's over is definitely the best thing to do. Otherwise, she's gonna go back down the card and then. Have to try Plus the dynamic it, would, it would build between her and Britt with her being the champion and not Britt Baker. Especially if Britt and Soraya, Soraya are going against each other at full gear, you know Soraya is going to win. So Britt's oh, coming yeah. off the pay-per-view with a loss. Jamie's coming off the pay-per-view with a win in the title. That would be really interesting to see what they did on Dynamite. Britt's going to get That's what I'm saying. Yeah. Yeah. Interesting. Book it. Love it. And I have a feeling... At the pay-per-view, everyone's going to be behind Jamie and not Tony. Oh, 100%. I don't think many people are behind Tony, to be honest. In that last pay-per-view match we had, uh, Tony was the least over person in that match. All three of the other combatants were uh, much more over than she was. Rio pulled off a really nice code red, though. She did. She did. Yeah, I did like this match, but as you said, it was a bit, uh, as I'm saying, it's a bit. it was a bit fumbly. Like they did stop-start, like a couple of the runs right early on, um, and then, yeah, later on, there were a few spots as well where they kind of they kind of fell apart. But you know, I, I, was, I was into this match, and I was willing to overlook the fact that they were fumbling around because I wanted to see Hater win, and she did. Oh, I agree, yeah. No, I was very into this. That's, I mean, even though I had it at number four, I mean, I still ranked it above... The tag match at the start, Danielson and Guevara. Um, I was really into this match. I thought it was well done. Nice, nice. So that leaves us with one more. Is it mine or is it yours? It's yours. And that's going to be FDR versus a swerve in our glory. Where'd you have it ranked? Um, number five. Okay, I had this at number two. Okay. Um. So where did? What was your number two? Oh, MJF. MJF. I was thinking. Probably, yeah. I was thinking you and I swapped our number two and fives, but um, that's not the case. So I put this at number two because much like you in the main event, and I, I tend to kind of take the after match shenanigans into consideration as well. I really enjoy what they did after this match. Um, basically, you know, setting up what was to come on Rampage, I think. But um, this was actually really entertaining and was very back and forth. A lot of near finishes, a lot of near pinfalls. I wasn't sure who was going to win. And the fact that we had the ass boys sitting ringside dressed as um, basically the Steiner bros again, even though they're meant to be looking like Dax and Cash, I thought this was really entertaining. More solidifying Swerve in Our Glory as heels. This was a good story match. Um, Little sad. FTR picked up the loss here didn't walk away with the win since they were ranked number one in the tag division for however many weeks and and still are no longer getting a title shot since they just lost the number one contenders but I guess it frees them up to have a match against the gun club for either like the ROH titles or you know what I mean something I, I have no idea but um I thought this was really entertaining. Yeah, um, FCR versus the Gun Club is a bit of a. I know they, I know they want it, but it's a bit of a nothing match, isn't it? Like the Gun Club aren't strong enough yet to be able to take on FDR. I don't think. But yeah, I thought this was uh, <clears throat> super surprising that FTR took the loss and Swerve and Glory won. To be fair, it wouldn't. It's quite shocking that um, FTR no longer have their number one contendership to to chop on a bait. Because I thought that was really funny. Yeah, we'll see. We'll see what happens at the pay per view. No, they, that's confirmed for the pay-per-view now, then, isn't it? Swerve, swerve. Uh, I would assume so. Versus the acclaimed. Yeah, I think it is. Yeah, 
I would assume so. I like that we had the acclaimed and, and Daddy Ass sitting up at the top of the entrance ramp in chairs, just kind of watching. I always enjoy when they kind of do that for matches, especially when number one contenderships involved and they kept cutting back to them and some of their reactions during, you know, shit that they were watching. I enjoy that kind of stuff. Um, man, Swerve has been really impressive lately. Like some of the shit he's been doing has been really cool. Yeah, to be fair, I think I think Swerve was the uh, the one out of this match. I think he shined the most. Uh, he oh, was fairly dominant. Yeah, no, he's been insanely uh, good lately. Yeah, Keith Lee did do a pretty cool. He jumped over Dax and Cash at the same time uh, when they were running past him. Like that was quite impressive. But then they did try and do like an avalanche uh, like suplex to Keith Lee, and then Cash did a frog splash from the other side, and that was a bit mistimed because Keith Lee had rolled over. Um, so so Cash like splashed him on the back, which is a bit odd. Was there? There were two sort of botchy. Uh, well, I think that week. was that was just a mistime thing, right? Like I don't know that Keith Lee was expecting Cash to come off the top when he did, because it definitely looked at the yeah, end. Yeah. Cash, Cash had to like reposition himself in the air so that way he didn't land on his head. Um, yeah. And the fact that FTR was able to actually deliver a pretty good looking big rig to Keith Lee, it's impressive, dude. Yeah, they did. They did uh, try a couple of times, didn't they? Took him a while to get up there and it was kind of the same thing we, same thing we saw with uh, is it uh, Tam Leonora the previous yeah. week on Rampage or the previous few weeks ago but yeah it was like one, the JAS match, the tag match at the opening I pretty much liked everything else on Dynamite so, so how'd you rank it that being said oh I went three and a half stars Okay. I also went three and a half stars. I thought the, you know, my, my number one, two, and three, the MJF interview, Swerve and our Glory FTR, Mox, Penta, I thought were really strong. Jamie Hader Rio was actually really good. And then the only stuff that brought it down for me this week was the continuation of the Jericho Appreciation Society and Blackpool Combat Club stuff. So, um... I didn't feel right going four stars, but I went three and a half as well. All right. Well, you and I were talking before we sat down and we didn't have any appearance from Hook on either Dynamite or Rampage. So we're going to take the opportunity now before we start talking about Rampage to do a little Hook of the Week. And Sev, you're going to have to uh, allow me a little bit of creative freedom here. A little creative control, I guess. Uh, I'm going to... Who was always... You know, I don't want to say that I'm Hulk Hogan because he always was able to fan, you know, fandangle creative control, whatever, wherever he went. But I, I'm, I'm demanding a little bit of creative control Nash. here. Maybe, yeah, I, you know, I could be big sexy. Yeah, call me big sexy. Do it. Yeah. <laughs> big sexy. Oh, big sexy. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. I was waiting for it. How are the quads? <laughs> Last <least>? week. <laughs> How are the quads? Oh, you know, <laughs> uh, they're not touring right now. Um. Anyway, last week yeah, you went up a Hook Norton Brewery. <laughs> and this week, because we are recording on Halloween, I wanted to make it a little festive. So yes. for my hook of the week this week, I went with a pumpkin carving hook. And Ooh. it's not what's actually, it's not the legitimate name of the tool. So that's why I'm kind of, you know, pulling a little bit of creative control here. Because it's not really a hook. It's more of a scoop. <laughs> but it's the what the scoop gonna be yeah what the scoop gonna be and i'm not sean ross Sapp. i don't have the scoops but i got the hooks so 
got the hooks. They got the hooks. This is that tool. Um, they you know they have a lot of pumpkin carving tools, I guess. You know, they have a little saw that you can get and a little scraper. There's yeah. one that has, and, and I'm not talking the plastic orange thing where you're scooping out the guts. There's a tool that has like a curved end to it that kind of looks like a hook that you can use when you're doing like detailed stuff or scraping the pumpkin instead of actually carving it. That's the tool that I'm talking about here. A pumpkin carving hook. I don't know exactly the name of the tool, but that's what I'm actually talking about here. The one where you're actually, you know, you can like scrape the sides of the pumpkin instead of carving it to where you scrape it thin enough and the light inside shines through and you can see what you've basically etched into the pumpkin, I guess, instead of carving it into the pumpkin. Yeah, that's what I'm going for here. Festive. Trick-or-treating still technically nice. going on outside right now as we record. Well, it's all, it's all over over here. All It'll done be over in like 20 minutes did you, here. Uh, did you carve any pumpkins this year? I did not, but um, the kids that live here did. There's three carved pumpkins outside on the on the front porch. Nice. That's cool. Did you carve oh, any yeah, pumpkins? I no, I didn't. I um. Do you guys carve pumpkins over there? Do you carve like, did you yeah, carve any yeah. avocados? No, no. I'll leave that to Kyle. <laughs> Well, no, you we carve we like carve a squash over here. What do you carve? Squash, crumpets, but like Jack Lantern faces in the crumpet, crumpets, oh, trumpets, okay, butter and crumpet. <laughs> I knew what you were saying. I'm just being a dick. Well, um, yeah, I, I can never tell whether you guys are uh, not understanding me or whether you're taking the piss. So <laughs> just leads me to shout the word even louder until you do understand me. Crumpets! Crumpets! <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's fucking funny. That's your hook this week. A pumpkin carving hook. If you know the actual name of that tool, let me know. I just call it a pumpkin carving hook. But it's got the little curved end to it. Kind of looks like a hook or, you know, I don't know. That's what it looks like. That's what we're going to go with. That's your hook this week. And now we'll move into Rampage, where we ranked four things. We'll swap. I'll take the highs. You take the lows. What's our number four? Or what's your number four? So, uh, number four. Like, this this person managed to get number one on Dynamite and number four on Rampage. Uh, this is Mr. John Moxley against Ali Magic and Matt Menard. I also ranked that at number four. Dude, this was so nothing and unnecessary. It really and why was. Why was it an eliminator match? Like, there was it didn't no make chance any damn Magic sense, gonna... dude. It didn't make any damn sense. Nah, like, I don't know. The end of the match came with a rear naked choke. Like, Moxley didn't even need to do a finisher to put Menard down. And that kind of just cemented that this was never actually anything of a match. It was never going to be something worth watching. It's a shame. I think, you know, Daddy Magic being the character that he is, like, he makes things more entertaining than it has any right to be just with his mannerisms and just by, you know, shouting things out during the match. I I enjoyed that aspect. But I feel like, you know, this... This was more just an offshoot of the Blackpool Combat Club and Jericho Appreciation Society bullshit. And losing to Mox in an Eliminator match, it doesn't really hurt Daddy Magic. But for two guys that are sort of on the rise and kind of definitely growing in popularity. I think both, you know, Matt Menard and Angelo Parker are easily getting more over um, by by not having matches than anything else. I, I don't want to say it hurts his momentum, but it doesn't help it either. You know what I mean? No, definitely not. You definitely, definitely don't yeah. know what I mean? Yeah. No, I definitely I definitely don't think it helps their momentum, to be fair. 
As you said, they're not like a super strong characters, so I don't expect them to win all the time. But yeah, just, just throwing this match together for the sake of having another JAS Blackpool combat match, um, I don't think it really did anything for anybody, did it? The only thing not it did was, uh, was for JR, who now coined Matt Menard as Goofy Eyes and Angelo Parker as Suspenders Boy. Suspenders um, Boy! That's all he referred to him as uh, the rest of the match. Yeah, I think JR was like, oh yeah, I saw, him, oh, saw all Goofy Eyes and catering earlier. Yeah. <laughs> His eyes are crazy. Oh, yeah, he just called uh, Matt Menard goofy eyes for the rest of the match. <laughs> They're going with it. They're running with it, yeah. Um, was it uh, Stokely came out afterwards with uh, Lee Moriarty and they started to cut a promo and then they were like, I think Stokely used the word hissativity. I don't even think that's a real word, um, but he used it. And then they said they were going to show Mox a video um, because they think Mox is, uh, does better with visual learning or something. Um, but yeah, then basically showed this video package that was just Lee Moriarty going, I'm Lee Moriarty and I'd be Tiger style. What's yeah, Tiger was... style? I can't remember what he said, but he essentially just cut a promo with a video package and we went back to Mark. So why couldn't you have just done that on the on the on the ramp? <laughs> so are they trying to set up Lee Moriarty in, in Mox now in an eliminator match? Yeah, yeah, that's what we got next week, isn't it? I think do we is it next week? I don't even know. Yeah. Um yeah, you're right. It's not an I don't think it's an eliminator match though, but you are right. It is it is on dynamite this week. Yep. There it is. All right. Another, it's another worthless match. It will they're be. Just, they're just trying to build up Mox's numbers before he loses it, aren't they? Maybe. Maybe. Now, this one has some Im- implications behind it, right? Because Lee Moriarty being part of the firm, MJF getting taken out. I assume MJF will somehow be involved in that match between Mox and Lee Moriarty. So there are some implications yeah. there. We'll have to see. Who knows? Um... Number one for me on Rampage this week, we are bookending it again because I'm going with the main event, the TNT title match between Wardlow and Matt Taven. It's number one for me. Ah, we're getting there. We're already halfway there. We're halfway there. One more that will decide it. Whoa, living on a prayer. Take my hand. No, not going to sing Bon Jovi with me. All right, whatever. Uh, I thought this was actually a pretty good TNT title (laughs) match. Um... You know, it was it was nice to see that it was not a squash, right? Because, you know, that would have kind of sucked for the kingdom and Matt Taven if he would have got squashed by Wardlow. This was nine minutes, almost the longest match of, of Rampage. But there was another match that we have not talked about yet that did go just a little bit longer than this one did. Um, I really enjoyed the fact that the kingdom came out to their old remixed Ring of Honor theme, which is basically Adam Cole's Ring of Honor music after he left the kingdom. Um, the kingdom used to use what Adam Cole was using as his Ring of Honor music basically as their theme. So that's what they walked down to. I thought that was a really nice touch. Um, I thought Taven looked pretty good in this actual match here. Um what did he call Wardlow a uh, in, in the post or the pre-match interview? Called him a, like a monotone Melvin or something like that. Which I thought was yeah, yeah. <laughs> kind of entertaining. Um, but yeah, man, I thought this was uh, a very good way to close out Rampage. Um, and I'm excited to see what Taven and, and Bennett will do in AEW now that they're signed. Yeah, yeah. Um, I think this is... One of the better matches that Wardlow's had since winning his TNT title, like with the potency, like level of opponents he's faced. Obviously, because Taven's been an ROH champion before. He, I'm pretty sure he's been. Uh, oh yeah, they said he'd been like Grand Slam champion in ROH, yeah. didn't they? Yeah. So he's won all the belts over there. Um, 
but yeah, he was essentially a credible threat, even though we weren't actually thinking that Tabin would actually take it. But yeah, yeah, it, it was nice. I liked, I really, do you know what I hate? I fucking hate, I'm saying that, I fucking hate Wardlow's wind-up uh, lariat thing. It's so slow. Another person taking it has to, like, stand there for three seconds while Wardlow, like, he, ling he leans back and essentially looks like he's trying to pull something out of his pocket with his wrong hand and then <laughs> swings forward and jumps. Props to Taven for seeing that coming and just going, nah, fuck it, I'm going to give him an Inzagiri, like, and kick him around the side of the head. So that move is so slow. Yeah, I can only hope the Wardo starts to, like, chuck someone into the ropes, and as they're rebounding off the ropes, he winds up then. But otherwise, it's just not worth doing this Lariat thing. Looks yeah, so it, might be, it might be worth kind of switching up how he delivers that move if he wants to keep doing it, right? Mm -hmm. Just doesn't look good. Yeah, I could agree with that. Um, but eventually, we did get a Powerbomb Symphony. And that was it. At least, you know, it, this this match also was a good uh, showcase of Maria's capabilities because she is always playing a big distraction outside the ring. Um, she's yeah. done that anytime she's been involved anywhere, right? She always is barely wearing anything and providing distractions on the outside. I mean, that's just her character. It's what she does. Um, but I think having Wardlow win, Mike Bennett attacks Wardlow after Samoa Joe comes down, of course, to make the save because of War Joe. But then we had Powerhouse Hobbs come out to start a distraction, which allowed Brian Cage and the Gates of Agony to attack from behind, like the embassy. They attack from behind. Mm -hmm. And I don't know if that means Hobbs is joining the embassy. Like, is he rejoining Brian Cage, you know, former Team Taz members coming together in the embassy? But the show ended with them, Cage and Hobbs, holding up the ROH TV and AEW TNT titles. Mm -hmm. I don't remember who was holding who. I don't remember which one was holding uh, which one. Hulk was holding the TNT. Uh, Brian Cage was holding the TV. The ROH I guess that TV makes one. sense. Hobbs is technically an AEW guy and Cage is more or less an ROH guy at this point. I guess that makes sense. Yeah, I, I thought this was good. Like, Hobbs would be a pretty good threat. Hobbs and Wardlow would be a good pay-per-view match. Yeah, I think that's what we're setting up to. Hobbs did manage to get him up in a spine buster. So we'll, we'll see what happens with that. Where does this leave Ricky Stark? Where where's Where is Ricky Stark? Who's on Dark, is he? Yeah, he, he wrestled on Dark, dude. Where where else is he going to be? Not on Dynamite <laughs> or Rampage like he should be. Yeah. Put him on Dark. Put him on All Access. Put him, Put him on, on To the Mat. I don't know. <laughs> on and Grits, Friends and Enemies. <laughs> Gosh. Please don't do that. Yeah. So who's next? You. Me? My go, my, I'm going lows and I'm on the lows. You're on the lows. Do you know what? I think I've screwed this one, Brian. So I don't think you want to put this one at number three. I'm hoping you have. Number three is uh, Tay Mello versus Madison Rain. You fucked up. You fucked up. You fucked up. No, I have it. At, that's not what I have at number three. I had Tay Mello and Madison Rain at yeah. number two. Damn it. Um, I think it's opened up with some like... Nice, uh, nice mat wrestling, which is pretty cool. Um, so you notice, like, you probably didn't see this because they went into the picture and picture. There was like a, there was a spot where Ty was on the apron, she rolled back in, and Sam ran over and gave her a kiss. Mm -hmm. uh, and then Shivani, I think he'd gone to picture and picture at that point. Uh, Shivani was like, "Oh man, if I had to, if I had to go to a job where I had to kiss my wife, I don't know if I'd do it." <laughs> 
Do you have a commentator for asking or what? Like even if even if you get paid to kiss your wife, it's like, yeah, man, I don't I don't know. I don't think I want to do that. That's actually fucking hilarious. Yeah, yeah, it was really funny to be fair. Um yeah, I, I, I thought this match was going was going pretty well until Madison Ray tried to do a cutter off the top rope and it kind of it was a bit stinky. Yeah, it wasn't and then, uh, it wasn't the best. But I no, will say the, I think this was Madison Rain's best match in AEW so far, and I do think Ty Mello looked really strong in this match. Yeah, Ty, Ty Mello did well in this. Um, saying this is the best the Madison Rain match so far is kind of like saying this is like the least burnt pizza you've made. Like it was still burnt pizza. It wasn't. It still wasn't great. <laughs> <laughs> um, but she's getting better. Fair. See, my my complaint, my complaint was that Ty Mello had Sammy Guevara out at ringside with her. So why couldn't Madison Rain have Josh Matthews at ringside with her? Nobody wants that. If you want to to face turn Ty Mello and Sammy Guevara, bring out Josh Matthews. Like, I hope the crowd will turn on him straight away. But remember, Josh went through tough enough in WWE, didn't he? Like, he was a wrestler there for a bit. He could throw down, maybe. Uh, every time you say his name, I can hear his voice on commentary. No, I don't want it. The <laughs> stuff of nightmares. Please. So it's the longest match of Rampage, too. It, it beat out the uh, main event by 30 seconds or so. It was like nine and a half minutes. Okay, fair. Not bad. Well, it was definitely not going to be. It was definitely going to be the uh, the last match remaining to be ranked, isn't it? Also, oh yeah, that one was like fourteen seconds. So uh, that was number three on my list, but number two on yours somehow, huh? Mm-hmm. Okay, and that's Keith Lee taking on Serpentico again. The match itself was over in like fourteen seconds. Um, I I thought about ranking it a little higher because of I have nothing to say about the match. First of all, the match was. Literally nothing. It was, it was a, a power, chop. It was a power bomb. A chop, a and power, bomb, a power and that, bomb. Yeah, and that was it. Like, um, very, very nothing match here. Poor Serpentico. But um, we had Tony Schiavone come down to the ring to interview Keith Lee. But then the acclaimed came out to interrupt, which what I was talking about earlier, kind of setting up some things that we would see on Rampage. We get a video package or not a video package. It was a video on the big screen. This was supposed to be, I think, live at at that time that they were in the ring. But we had Daddy Ass Billy Gunn basically tied to a chair with his arms behind his back. And Swerve had, was it a pair of pliers? I think it was. I think it was a pair of pliers. And basically began to like, seemingly they didn't show it, of course. But I guess like crush the fingers of of Daddy Ass so that he can't scissor. Yeah. I'm guessing, I guess. Yeah, yeah. 100% that's what it was for. It's been a while since we've had like a torture angle. So, you know, I don't hate that. Yeah, I, I thought it was uh, I thought it was pretty cool to to do the whole swervers kidnapped um Billy Gunn and now he's not he said like, Oh, you're not gonna make it to the pay per view or something. It's yeah. a bit odd because they music like three weeks time, but they're also advertising that next week is his birthday bash. Uh, yeah, Daddy Ass's birthday bash. So I don't know. I hope he comes out with like a cast on two fingers, but they're cast like separately, so they're still scissors. <laughs> That'd be great. <laughs> <laughs> that would be entertaining. That would be entertaining. Yeah, um, yeah. I, I just, I just ranked this a little higher because it had some, some like angle, some implication moving forward. Keith Lee did look, uh, he did not look happy with Swerve. So no, they're get... definitely, they're definitely splitting. Right? There's no way they yeah, win at the pay per view. Yeah. Um, we will get probably a feud between Keith Lee and Swerve 
after the pay-per-view. I think uh, I think Swerve's going to be a pretty pretty good heel for AEW with the way he's been working as of late. Yeah, by, by all means, let's, let's chuck him in the TNT title picture, something like that. Absolutely. He could be, yeah, he could do great yeah, stuff. I agree with that. So, But that was Rampage, short and sweet. We didn't have a ton to talk about, so... Um, Talking star rating, I went with three stars. Two and a half. Okay. Okay. So we didn't agree on this one. That's okay. That's all right. Can't win them all. Nope. Can't win them all. But let's take a look at what we got coming up this week because Rampage and, well, I should say Dynamite is pretty stacked already as we look ahead to November 2nd. This is taking place at the Chesapeake Employers Insurance Arena in Baltimore, Maryland. We've got John Moxley taking on Lee Moriarty, as we mentioned earlier. We have an ROH TV title match as Samoa Joe defends against Brian Cage. Okay. That's news to me. We have Darby Allen taking on Jay Lethal. And isn't Jay talking about bringing somebody from Darby's past out? Yes, he did. Someone that knows Darby's biggest weakness. So we'll, we'll cut to, if I can, to the, the Darby Allen promo that happened earlier in the night on, yeah. on Dynamite. Uh-huh. Uh, so Darby just addressed, he's like, uh, everyone's asking where Sting's gone. Uh, and I'm going to tell you now why Sting's gone. He was like, because I'm not happy. But Sting told me I'm Darby Allen. Um, <laughs> so I need to be I can't remember now. yeah it was basically I'm going to tell you where Sting's gone but then didn't tell us where Sting had gone um, but essentially just said I'm Darby Allen uh, bring your friend let's see what you can do so yeah they kind of, kind of set it up for there might be a, I have no idea I have no idea who's in Darby Allen's past was Darby Allen in a tag team before Sting came along um I don't think so. The only one I know of for sure that is in Darby Allen's past is Priscilla Kelly, uh, Gigi Dolan yeah, now, over well. in, yeah, over in uh, WWE. They used to be married, I believe. Yeah, I, I, yeah, I don't think they're friends, babe. No, I don't think so either. That's why I'm saying, like, that's the only one I know of that was uh, in his past. Yeah. Um Let's see. I'm looking to see. No, he's never held the tag titles at any promotion he's been in. There's probably going to be someone he wrestled up and down in the circus, and we'll know We'll know who they are when they appear. Will we though? Yeah. I don't know. Was he? Did he feud with like Luigi Primo or something? <laughs> Dar- Darby Allen's weakness is pizza bases or something. I don't know. Oh, maybe. Looks like he feuded with Cassius Ono, Chris Hero, for a bit. Okay. Is he a free agent still? Yeah, I don't think he's in WWE. I think he's a free agent. And he has ties to Ring of Honor, so maybe that? Ooh, okay. Maybe? Hmm. Uh, At Evolve 113 in 2018, Darby Allin also fought NXT wrestler The Velveteen Dream. Do we think AEW brings in Patrick (laughs) Clark? Not a chance. <laughs> because at Evolve 113, Darby Allen was defeated by the Velveteen Dream. <laughs> God, let's not, not even go there. I don't want to, no, no, no. Okay, well, you know, I'm just throwing out names. Yeah, yeah, I know. I just don't care. Hey, uh, who, uh, Zima Ion, remember him from Impact? DJZ? He's also in uh, Darby Allen's past. Yeah, he's currently in um, whatever LFI ripoff they've got going on in uh, Oh, is he, is he part of the yeah. uh, Gato del Fantasma? Is he actually in that? Yeah, yeah. Oh, did not know. Well, good for him. All right, well, there you go. Uh, anyway, going back to Dynamite this coming up Wednesday night, we also have a TBS title match as Jade Cargill defends once again 
against Marina Shafir. Hopefully it's better than their last match they had together. Yep, I'm not making I'm not making comments on this match. You see on Twitter some uh some guy he made a comment about like this match not being great or not wanting to see well, this match. Granted, so. it was JD from New York and he's also a fucking dick. So I'm not I'm not familiar with who this guy is. All I know is that like I think Jay Cargill jumped on him. And then a couple of the other women on the roster have jumped on him as well. Right. I'm not gonna I'm not gonna disperse this match. Well, or, I think uh, it's 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 the way he delivered it and the shit that he said. Like okay. I'm just saying I hope it's a better match than they had last time. That's all. Well, I thought Shapiro was gonna win last time, but Yeah, I remember you did actually. <laughs> yeah, you thought Marina was gonna be the one to dethrone Jade. Uh still do not think that happens. No, no. This match. No, Jade's definitely going to win. Uh, we also have the Daddy Ass Birthday Bash that we talked about earlier. Yeah. We have um, a sit-down interview with Renee Paquette as she talks to Soraya and Dr. Britt Baker. I imagine this is where we're going to get that match confirmed for full gear, I would have to assume. Do you, no, do you think Soraya and Britt will stay sat down for the entire program? No, of course not. No. Okay. Absolutely not. We have an ROH world title match as Chris Jericho defends against a former Ring of Honor champion. That's all we know. And that's mm-hmm. and it, that doesn't mean it doesn't mean a former ROH world champion either. It can be a former peer champion, a former TV champion, a former tag champion, a former he even said like a former women's champion. It's all of them. He'll fight any of them. He just wants to fight a former ROH champion. Who do you think it's going to be? The, I don't know. I saw an article the other day, but they only they only brought up like people who have been world champions. They definitely didn't specify was world champions um, or like heavyweight champion sort of thing. So I'm kind of I'm kind of hoping that like Nigel McGuinness shows up. I don't know whether Ooh. he's actually able to wrestle. It would be really cool just to see him turn up. My um, pop for that. Uh, did Kenta ever hold a belt in ROH? I don't know. I don't think so. He was a bite there, wasn't he? I'm remembering correctly. Yeah, he was, yeah, he was around, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, and then I, yeah, I think you brought up a good one before was saying Cassius Ono. Like, if Cassius Ono is a beast, then maybe Cassius Ono is the one that Yeah, could up. be. Could be Chris Hero. It really could be. Um, how do you feel about it being, and it won't be, but what if it was Marty Skrull? Yeah, I think that'd be a bit of a push. Like, I wouldn't even consider that. I thought, like, disappointing ones for me would be, like, if it's Matt Taven, um, I think Christopher Daniels could be one. I think he's... Uh, that's not that much of a pop, really, is it? Is PCO still in Impact? He is. So it can't be him. Um, I wonder... Bobby Fish was released, right? Mm-hmm. But Kyle O'Reilly wasn't. Is no, he still is injured? Correct. I think Kyle and, uh, yeah, I think Kyle's still injured. Is he still injured? Because he's a former ROH world champion. That could be interesting. Um, trying to think who else it could be. I think it's technically Brody King, isn't there? Because Brody, wasn't Brody King like six-man tag champion? I think so. Oh, yeah, that's right. We even have the six-man titles that we could pull from. Maybe it'll be uh, Austin Aries. <laughs> just bad pick after bad pick after bad pick. <laughs> I actually have no idea who it's going to be. I'm actually curious to see who it is going to be. Um, hopefully it's a good match either way. And then we also have... What else do we have? Oh, yeah. Our main event, which I'm assuming will be the main event. Maybe not. Probably so. For the AEW All-Atlantic title, Orange Cassidy defending against Luchasaurus and Ray Phoenix. I, I also hope this is the main event. Um, this one has the potential to blow the last triple threat we had Agreed. out of the water. Absolutely, yeah. Ray Phoenix, Orange Cassidy, and Luchasaurus, we all know can go. Um, yeah, hopefully this is phenomenal. Yeah, this should be a really entertaining match. I hope it's the main event. And like I said, dude, Dynamite's pretty fucking stacked right now. There's a lot going on. Mm-hmm. There is a lot going on. Um, 
Okay, moving on to Rampage this Friday night. It is being taped after Dynamite. I think this is the only Rampage over the next like couple weeks that um, is going to not be live. We have a few things confirmed, but nothing official. So we know that there will be an All-Atlantic title match on Rampage with the winner of Dynamite's triple threat match getting to choose their dream opponent for a match this Friday night. Oh, it does say live. Oh, it is a live Rampage. It says live on Rampage in Atlantic City. So they're in Atlantic City, New Jersey on um, November 4th. Okay, so it's a live Rampage again. So it must be next Friday that's not live, which I guess makes sense since they're doing another All-Atlantic title match. Who do you think uh, Who do you think yeah. wins the title match on Dynamite and who do they choose on Friday? See, I think we're going to have to go with Orange Cassidy. Agreed. Just because he's only just got the belt. But then who does Orange Cassidy pick to go against? Unless he just goes, I'll, I'll fight Dan Eisen or I'll fight Trent or Chucky. <laughs> um, hopefully it's not one of those. I'm trying to think, like, who would be the dream match for Orange Cassidy? You know what I'm going to go with? Who? Kanosuke Takeshita. Oh, mate. <laughs> He's supposed to be coming back soon, uh, isn't he? Yeah, I, 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 I guess so. How long has he been gone? It feels like he's been gone forever. He's been um, gone for, like, two months now, I think, give or take. Um... I did see something that he was coming back relatively soon, so it could be a way to bring him back. Would be a great match. Yeah, it definitely would be a great match. Yeah. The only other thing we know for Rampage is that Mike Tyson is going to be part of the commentary team for Rampage. Mike Tyson's our commentary. Why? I don't know why, but he is. We, we didn't get Mike Tyson versus Jericho, did we? They had like a like a sort of feud thing, but they never had a match. Right. And he also knocked him out in WWE, too. Yeah. So do we reckon we're going to get Mike Tyson, Jericho, the pay-per-view? Is that something we could just spitball now? Um, no, because that would be awful. Yeah, but you put Mike Tyson on the card, the card's going to sell something. To those casual fans that you think but we should all have the match would be awful, dude. It would be a bad, bad match. Yeah, but once you sold the ticket, you sold the ticket, haven't you? <laughs> Who cares at that point? Get your, put butts in seats, right? Right. <laughs> Oh, I'm more excited for Wednesday. Obviously, I think Dynamite's looking like a pretty strong show, but hopefully Rampage is good this mm-hmm. week, too. Hopefully so. Oh, but we're getting close to the end. Before we get out of here, you know what we need to do. We need to hit the gong and do the burial ground. A very fitting day to do the burial ground on Halloween night. Last week, you sent Ari Davari down and MJF up. Did you update the list? I did. Nice. Okay. I looked at the list earlier. I didn't know if you had updated it. I looked at it, though, when I was uh, picking who I was going to choose to go down and go up to see, like, where we were at. So going down in the burial ground this week for me is another shocking one. If you remember last week or two weeks ago, I put Brian Danielson down in the burial ground, which was shocking for me. I'm going with another shocking down this week because I'm sending FTR down. Wow. <laughs> wow. Um, yeah, that's that's cool. I think I said last week that they'd like, they lost a bit of shine. They've lost the momentum. They lost a swerve in our glory, and they're being put in a program with the ass boys. They're definitely sliding down. <laughs> yeah, yeah. There's only, there's, there's, only, there's only so long you can kind of like get at the top, isn't there? Without, so they, just, they, just, they just seem to be holding on to those other belts now. Agreed. Like, are they still defending them? Uh, well, I know they've had a couple of IWGP matches. Yeah, they? they've had some IWGPs. I don't think they've defended the AAA or the ROH titles. And Well, they just defended the ROH ones a few weeks ago. I think they've I think maybe AAA forgot they have the titles. Maybe they need to, like, get them back somehow. Yeah, they, don't, they don't look like very good titles, to be fair. The AAA titles, they look very, very cheap compared to the other ones. 
But, uh, yeah, I'm not mincing my words. They look cheap. Yeah. But yeah, yeah, I can definitely agree with FDR. Need to leopard uh, and a peg. They're no longer seven star FDR. They might be um, we'll go six and a half star FDR. Okay, fair enough. Yeah, I'm gonna send them down. And then coming up in the barrel ground. So this person is technically down right now. So by coming up, they're gonna be stuck in the mid section, which is where you put them. You have it. You have it labeled as up, 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 mid, down, and then double down. <laughs> Tier list. Yeah. So this person is moving from down to mid, and that's Ty Mello. Okay. I'm going to bring her up this week. We put her down. Oh, right. Yeah, we put her <laughs> down in episode 92 with Sammy Guevara. We put both of them down that episode. You did, technically, in episode 92. So I'm splitting yeah. them now, and I'm bringing Ty Mello up to the mid. I like it. I like it. Because she looked really good against Madison Rain uh-huh. on Rampage, and I still think that, you know, once this whole storyline is done between Tony Storm and Jamie Hayter, and, you know, eventually I'm assuming Thunder Rosa is going to be back involved in this as well, I think Ty is, is going to have a shot and have a run with the title, one way or another. She's a future women's champion, whether it's actual women's title or TBS title. She will get a run at some point. She's been looking really good as of late. No, I'm going to hazard a guess here, and I'm just going to say it. I think Ty Bello will be ROH Women's Champion. That's also a possibility. Or, yeah, maybe way before she wins the um, AEW one. I think that might be the direction she goes in. Who the in hell next. is the current ROH Women's Is it still Mercedes Martinez? Martinez? Yeah, yeah. Damn, we haven't seen her in a hot minute. No, no, we have not. Um, yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm looking forward to Tay Mello getting away from the kind of scene she's in and then getting up there with Hikaru uh, Shida and Deeb and Peter and DMD and all that sort of stuff. Did you see Shida's Halloween costume on Instagram? Lady Dimitrescu. Dude. Hot as hell. So good. So good. Yeah, very good. I love me some Lady D, man. She was a great character. Yeah. A lot of people dressing up as her this year for Halloween. A lot of girls. It's good shit. But that's your barrel ground. FTR going down. Ty Mello coming up. Nice. But Sev, we did it. I think that's going to bring us to the close of the spooky show, even though it wasn't spooky. Unless you have anything else you want to mention before we get on out of here. No, I think I'm done. Let's do it. All right. Well, we do want to thank you for sticking with us and listening to another episode of Blood and Destroyers and all the wrestling podcasts made possible, of course, by RPGera.com. Want to help us and grow the show? Subscribe and spread the word. Details and ways to do just that can be found in the show notes on whichever podcast app you've chosen to listen to us on. And remember, in those show notes will be a link to our Discord server. Click it, join it, and interact with us. Taking us out of the show, as always, is going to be theme song of the week. Last week, Sev, you went with the varsity athletes, Tony Nice and Josh Woods, which is a lightweight Tony Nice's theme in AEW. This week, I'm paying tribute to the kingdom. We're going to go with the uh, the music that Matt Taven walked out to on Rampage, which I'm assuming and hoping that just is the kingdom's music now. So Matt Taven, Mike Bennett, and Maria Canellis. Uh, I'm hoping that is just their music going forward. It's a remix of Adam Cole's music in, in ROH. So you should recognize this if you're a fan. I really like this theme. I think it's dope. We're going to close out with this. I don't know what it's called. It's the kingdom's AEW's theme. I said that weird. Now hit the music. Let's just get out of here. I'm just rambling at this point. It's Halloween. Trick or treat.